Enjoy the show. We're doing it live. Spider-Man was tired of getting hit by buses, so he decided to change his costume. <laughs> you but... beautiful son of Iona. <laughs> we don't know that. We need Maury Polish. We don't know that he isn't, but now he's got a female doctor. Oh, they're totally gonna fuck. Yeah, are we vetting this process, though? Are they all bad dragons? No, we're just gonna stand outside <laughs> eating tacos and staring into the store. Look, man. Why are you poor? That's what you're um, really going to ask. And, three, and of course, two, live. we start off this very special podcast with a, a, it's a New Year's Eve podcast. It's a very special time. We took off for Christmas because you have to, you know, have some time to wind down. This year but we're back. On forever. This is podcast number 185 of the Perjangers and Wallhangers Media Network. It is, of course, the only podcast that will fight Galactus as well as sleep down with the Invisible Woman, the Triforce Podcast. Mm -hmm. I am one Matthew Bucarill, the Matt Man, and in the box is Christopher Bristow, the old man. We have one returning Katarina Thermoscara, Wonder Cat, popping up occasionally with her pet Grogu. And then, of course, we have our omnipotent presence that is Big Brother, the producer, Stephen Bucarell. And we want you to hop on over here to pjandwh.com, where, of course, you're going to find the funniest moment, which is last week's, or last time we popped up here, the Lugnuts podcast. Have a Holly Jolly Bentley, as well as the last Triforce podcast we did, Hunter S. Thompson versus Rip Hunter. And you'll find all the funniest moments from this podcast here as well. We want you to contact us, and you'll find us on all social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. But, of course, we start off this Mark podcast. is here. Thank God you're here, buddy. The comments section will be lively. There we go. <laughs> so be lit. <clears throat> they will be lit. And, of course, Mark would want us to know that Katarina is banned from my store. And he echoed that Still. today. <laughs> he would also want you to know that Chris is secretly growing his hair back. I know it. It is true. Just on my face. <laughs> I've I've seen Kelly and I are twins. Maybe we have something coming back there. William Pace says Happy William New Year twenty twenty one kids. So we Happy thank New you. Year, William. We thank all of our wall jangers, Mark, William, and a whole bunch of you for joining in. But one thing we want to get to is the nitty gritty of it, and it's how we start off everything every week. Tonight a Jedi's blessing. Qui-Gon Zeus. First person Kratos, chicken warming console, and more on the Triforce podcast. But of course, we start off with our first story, which is Spider Man. The amazing Spider Man is getting a new suit. And of course, we have a new suit here. It is a bit of a different style for Spider Man. Okay, uh, the amazing Spider-Man has a new suit, and it is a large departure from what fans are used to. The new costume debuts March tenth, twenty twenty-one, and in the Amazing Spider-Man number sixty-one, the design by Dustin Weaver. The new look is very different than Spider-Man's normal red and blue suit. The white, blue, and 
gold-orange color scheme is what sets this suit apart from most. Giving an almost electric look, of course, the blue uh, the blue scheme down the leg is similar to what we know, and uh, Spider-Man is uh, definitely sporting a different look here with the eyes because instead of the regular, you know, wide-eyed white approach, Weaver gives us uh, the spider an orange and white pupil look here. How are you liking this look for Spider-Man, Cat? Because I got to say, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not either. Um, I don't think white translates well. Like, the placement of it, I don't like that color. And the eyes are kind of creepy. They're really creepy. You know, <laughs> it doesn't go against it, it. Like, it goes against what his like what he's supposed to be doing is hiding in plain sight while still being eight. right and it, like, oh makes so him... red and blue like were a whole lot better from blending in well he looks like the the strips so that people see when you're riding your bike the reflector he looks like a tron person reflection tape spider-man was tired he looks of getting like a hit by fan. buses <laughs> spider-man was tired of getting hit by buses so he decided to change his costume um, that new suit is Spike garbage, is says William Pace. And Frank Percy <laughs> says, here too. Here too. He is not a fan. I also, um, and I know he's not the only one to do this, but I just, I will never understand white as a costume for any crime fighter. It is so dirty. I don't think that that wear well. He wants to hug Blood. a and, and go invisible. You know, I mean, you have dagger. You had the blue and that's what I'm saying. There, there's a precedence for white, but I never understood it. Like, how do you get all those stains out? Yeah. They're rolling in alleys and, and tumbling and things. How are you? How are you going to wash that out? Use that as an at- accent color, not like not like a whole base of your costume. That's Mark. a lot of white, especially for someone who's supposed to be doing predominantly his work. Very in, active. My brother says. Section. My brother says 2020 as a spider suit. Yeah. So Mark says, reminds me of when Superman split into energy (gasps) forms. Was it Model Doctor Twisted T? Maybe. Maybe. The background was. Um, (laughs) Frank Percy says, nope. And yeah, Joshua Bristow says, 2020 as a (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm not very sold. But then again, Spider-Man has a lot of suits, all right? It's not something I would really focus on, you know? Like, it's not an ender for Spider-Man in... I'd say any form of the imagination. Do we know anything more about the uniform other than this photo? Do we know what it's made no. of? Do we know why it is the colors that it has that been explained no, at all? Nothing explained yet. We'll have to wait until March 10th when the issue drops so, onto stories. I will, Amazing I will hold back my Nick's now, um, look, fan judgment. In recent Spider-Man history, it's not always been the most logical thing. Look, you've had Otto Octavius as the spectacular Spider-Man to where, you know, it's Doc Ock trying to be Spider-Man, better than Spider-Man, all right? And then Peter Parker gets his life back. <laughs> he finds out Doc Ock graduated college for him in a degree he knows nothing about, started a company, and then started having a, a relationship with a very, very young child who was super smart and very, you know, above her years in age. This is not a great explanation. It's questionable is their relationship. I'm just saying. William Pace says, I think it's another Stark suit. It could possibly be. Um, well, it does like, say Stark on it. So that's a good, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. But I'm interested to see why those colors. 
and what materials are, are making up that. Costume. Tony's been drinking again. Look, I, I like orange, white, and blue. I like that for your suit, man. I want you to have the orange, white, and blue suit. And you can have pupils. You can have pupils that are orange. Orange pupils, man. They're going to be great. With sharks with freaking laser beams. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Percy says, hopefully this issue will be a collector's item like the first intro of the Black Symbiote costume, which is a good point. Mm. And Mark says, it's Frank's Frank Percy's fault. Damn. Mark is coming at the neck, and I'm not going to say it's Frank's fault. Because he didn't draw it. Pretty soon, Frank is going to get banned from the shop, too, huh? <laughs> That's how it's going to be, just like Kat. Kat Arena is banned from my store. <laughs> Unfortunately, but proudly, he will... Proudly, proudly. He will say... Broski. A lot. <laughs> the only time when you're not banned from the store is when you're actually in Delco for more than five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And not passing by and going, huh, I'm never going there. But we all will. Very happily. But a lot like we'll be moving on to the next story, which I think is probably going to be another big talking point, a lot more positive than Spider-Man's new suit. Mark Hamill himself thanks Favreau and Filoni. And Mandalorian, we all know that we love it. Uh, And Frank Percy, before we go on here, says Steve Ditko is turning over in his grave. It's a very good point, but I'll tell you one person who is not rolling over. That is George Lucas and every single Star Wars fan because the Mandalorian. I said this to my father on Christmas. I said Mandalorian season two was singularly the best Star Wars thing I have seen since the original trilogy. And I think everybody I, I don't care if everybody agrees with me because that moment with the season finale when you see Luke. Fucking Skywalker pop out of behind those doors. Yeah. Up until that, that point, powerful. nobody thought it was going to be him. They thought it's too expensive. They're not going to do it. Mark can't do with, it. With he wouldn't do it without throwback, no less. Because the main staple with Mark Hamill well, is that is, was going to be my is Harrison going to do it argument. Is Harrison going to do it? Oh, if Harrison's not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. And that was the main thing to where you didn't even think it was going to be an option. But Mark Hamill popping up as Luke Skywalker in the season finale of of Mandalorian, dude, it makes me want to well up right now. It brought tears to my eye because this was my childhood. Remember watching, watching these movies in the trilogy and just having – Luke Skywalker, as I remember him from Return of the Jedi, not the shitty prequel series or sequel series, but having Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi pop up and bring baby Grogu, the person you wanted to teach, baby Grogu better, being a it's Jedi. It's post-Jedi Skywalker. Yeah. So, like, he's already in, like, in tune with more of his powers. You get to see him just be... A badass. Before like, the green team. And I think this is also when he was allegedly uh, training Leia as well. Yes, Mark. Spoiler alert. We're going to spoil all this shit. I don't care. It's New Year's Eve. If you ain't watched it, you 
you just sleep. My only argument with you is that I do think that Rogue One should be considered when talking about great Star Wars. <laughs> they had the Rogue same One hallway was scene. Great. I don't need to. They had the same hallway scene that made that the great un- between the Vader and Luke. Trilogy is still great movies. Father and son literally had the same hallway scene. Can we at least accept that? Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that was done on purpose. And that it was, was fantastic. Really done on purpose. But the thing that I really loved is that that was really Mark Hamill doing all that. They just CGI'd his face. That was actually him. And he was very proud that they could keep that a secret. Thank you, Frank. Rogue long. One was Look, amazing. I loved Rogue One as well, but this season, because it's something that nobody No, no, no I'm not arguing thought. with you about the season, but you just said it was the best Star Wars since the original trilogy, and I just wanted to point out that Rogue One should get a it mention get in there because that yes. was... It does get props. I'm going to say Omega-level Star so, Wars. So but as far as pitches that go... That scene activated my lightsaber. Yeah, but as far as pitches, I don't need to hear about. I don't no. need to hear about. Well, yeah, no, but as far as pitches go, Rogue right. One was a lot safer of a pitch than Mandalorian in general. No matter how I you look, I one hundred percent agree, and I will give you that. I'm not was, saying Rogue One was better than Mandalorian. I'm this just is saying why I say it, it's better though. You have because... to give Rogue One credit for being well, yeah. as great as it is because you can't Absolutely. just go original and then Mandalorian. The best part of that is that, yes, you're right, because every part of Star Wars mythos and lore and things canon and not canon are being brought into this show. And it is that is what's making Mandalorian the best piece of art so far because it's so it really new is beautiful. and it's so fresh. It's taking things from the shitty Star Wars holiday special with the, you know, Mando's gun in the first season. Mm-hmm. And now it's bringing in Luke. It's bringing in everything that you want. It brought you Ahsoka, Bo-Katano, and Boba Fett in They're, one They are also season. answering questions. Right. They're also answering questions that we've been, you know, asking for years with these little subtle tie-ins. Not like fully answering it, just... Answering it in a way to allow the story to ruminate, as you say. Let it so, breathe. Let yeah. it breathe. All right. We need to go to the chat here because William Pace said, sorry, Katarina, but Mark. It's okay. Mark, Mark Gervais says, uh, when Rogue One came out, I chased my girl dressed like Jin Orso. Chased any girl dressed like Jin Orso. And I look don't blame you for that, sir. No one can. Although my favorite part of K2SO oh K2 of Rogue One was K2SO because yeah. he was Oh fantastic. The droids are part of Star Wars that are just absolutely amazing. But that coming back to Mando in that final scene to where you saw mm-hmm. Grogu just like oh no Luke says like no he's waiting he wants your permission to go. He wants to come with me, but he wants your permission to go. And then Grogu looks back, and they have that touching moment to where he's just like, let me see your face with my own eyes. And he takes off his <laughs> helmet, you know, bringing it back once again. Ah, oh, Grogu! Oh, you beautiful son of a bitch. Uh, up there. Um, <laughs> you but... beautiful son of a Yoda. <laughs> we don't know that. We need Maury Povich. We don't know that he isn't. Exactly. More, only Maury Povich can tell us. But <laughs> I meant the species, not not the. Oh person. right, right. Well, you're just being speciesist. Um, just because you don't know what to call him doesn't mean you call no him Yoda, sir. Shaming. <laughs> exactly. But bringing it back to that, um, 
you have Grogu seeing his face, which Mando, I guess, is just like in this season. He's just like I'm. I'm pulling out all stops. I'm doing everything to get this child and complete my mission. And then Grogu, reluctant, like, all right, I guess I'm going with this creepy Jedi. Then he sees <laughs> R2. And that's where the fan, the fans begin to speculate again as to where did Grogu and R2 know each other? They could have. R2 was all around that Jedi temple. He was in and out of that shit. Giggity. And... He is the one droid whose memory they don't. They erase. don't wipe. They don't. They the protocol droid. He talks regular shit, but R two he knows how to keep his mouth yeah. shut. They R two probably tell. came well, he's up swearing. R two probably came up like, "Yo, my Yoda, what up, man?" Wipe the memory of the protocol droid. Uh, now I now want Snoop Dogg subtitles for for R two D. We have to. Grogu, my shizzle, my nizzle, my nigga. <laughs> I'm. I swear well, I that not everybody was, your name Grogu. I swear everybody at once Snoop Dogg. I say as R two or Grogu or Taika Waititi. Those Snoop Dogg and Taika Waititi are the two people you want them to voice over everything. Okay. Taika would be good, but 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 Snoop as as R two D two subtitles that would be awesome. There would be enough cursing that I think R two actually says. If you have Snoop Dogg, so I'll go with you on that. I imagine R2 curses a lot. That's why they have the beeping. R2 had chicken nuggies. All right. <laughs> or macarons. Macarons, yeah. macarons. Macarons. Yeah, the blue macarons. We already know. Baby Yode is a food. Uh, he's a foodie. All right. He, he loves all that. But... The big thing that I loved is the next story because it came out of the end of the end scene to um, Mandalorian season two to where we saw Boba Fett going back to Jabba's palace, cutting up some people and just assuming the role as ultimate badass on Tatooine. And then they say coming in 2021. Great. So we get the yeah, book so they, so they put, of Boba. They put Boba yeah. before Mando in the slated schedule. But did they put the Boba before the horse? That's the only no, reason I, I put that story. I think they got us revved up for Mandalorians and then gave us the um, Alpha Mandalorian. Yeah. Boba Fett is back in the new series, The Book of Fett, as teased in a surprise end credit sequence following the fu- uh, season finale of The Mandalorian, the legendary bounty hunter's journeys will continue in The Book of Boba Fett. John Favreau, executive producer of The Mandalorian, confirmed today on Good Morning America that the new series is currently in production and will arrive December 2021 only on the Disney+. Plus. The Book of Fett will also be set within the timeline of The Mandalorian, and uh, Tamara Morrison will uh, return as the titular bounty hunter Boba Fett as well as Ming-Na Wen as uh, Fennec Shand and Robert Rodriguez, who directed Chapter 14 on Mandalorian, uh, a thrilling installment, is just undercutting it because the Robert Rodriguez episode was so fantastic. And then you saw, I mean, that that's where we got the dark, that was the tragedy, uh, the title of the episode, where we got Baby Grogu, uh, being taken by the dark troopers and evidently mm-hmm. somehow being in Katarina's care, which is where he should be. 
obviously it's the best place for baby Grogu to learn how to be a Jedi is with Wondercat. I'm not saying that I'm a Jedi, but you've never seen me <laughs> and a Jedi in a room at the same time. <laughs> That's a fair point. It's a fair point you have to keep in, in mind. So <laughs> the Book of Fett will reintroduce his Boba Fett into the Star Wars galaxy. <laughs> and uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni will join in executive producing, and it will begin production next year. So what do you hope for Boba Fett? Do you hope him and Luke like meet up because obviously he's trying to he has a problem with people who led him into the sarlacc pit do we see harrison well, ford the show first up thing i thought of when i realized because you know when he was fighting his way through the troopers i was like is it ezra is it ahsoka and then you see the saber and then you see the glove and i'm like yeah. no oh yeah no no but then when he walked into the room i'm like wouldn't it have been funny if Boba was one of the people in that room when <laughs> oh he walked God. in. You! <laughs> What's up, man? How you, What's up, man? How you been? You son of a bitch! I'll yeah, kill that, you! That, that <laughs> like, pretty much, that's you. what I was like. The first thing, you know, I was crying while I was thinking it, but I was like, wow, yeah. what if Boba had been in there when he but walked that's what I want. Tours? That's what I want from it. And Mark Gervais says, Katarina is a Sith, admit it. Frank Percy says dark force is a swirl around Katarina. If I were to be anything, it would be a gray Jedi because I know the balance. future is. <laughs> the force is dark. So I really think that there's enough good going on with the Disney plus. You have your Ahsoka show. You can have your Mando show. You can have your Boba Fett show and everybody's going to eat it up because John Favreau and Dave Filoni are just just oozing the nerdiness all over because they're fans. They know where the deep cuts go, and supposedly Mandalore Mando uh, Dinjarin almost said McClunky in the season two finale, which is a deep cut in itself. So they're really pulling out all this shit you never heard, of. and I, I don't know. It's impressive. I'm I'm waiting to see where it goes, but do you think it's going to be like? overload at some point where we're going to get too much i am wondering about oh. that um because there are like what seven shows that and are going to be we have so much out i think we have so yeah, much some of them um and over a period of time right mm -hmm. but you 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 have your opus which is the thing that you're building up to and i believe that that was the mandalorian and then as you start building on that you start to kind of get stretched thin um, and I have high hopes. I think that they've been doing an amazing job so far. And then they had Rebels and they had Clone Wars and they were able to maintain a really high level of qu uh, quality with their, yeah. with their content. And still be so I'm hopeful for the future, but, but that is something that I kind of worry about in the back of my head. And Frank, I just read your dark forces swirl around Katarina. That's just my hair. <laughs> <laughs> but, I... but I'm ever hopeful. I like good, yeah. good or bad Star Wars. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm gonna watch it. I'm not complaining. I'm gonna watch the it. Imperial Death March from Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. I think if it's done right, it's it's something that's good. Now we have a lot of stuff. Marvel's coming at us. DC is going to be coming at us. Everything's going to be thrown at us because of this pandemic. We're going to have a lot of content coming our way. And honestly, I don't see it as a problem if it, as long as it's done right. Right. 
And I think that they care enough about the material that they'll put good people in charge of these projects. I just, my concern is if they try to, to, to run everything themselves because they care yeah. that much that they might start to get stretched then. Yeah. William Pay says, in a world full of Siths, be a Grogu. Honest. I'm going to put, he's going to take a nap right now. Yeah. Honest and down. really, really good uh, advice from William Pace. And another thing, which is right up, Katarina. Percy says, I see. I mistook your purple drapes. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have purple drapes. That's a okay. t shirt. It's right behind your other. And the, that's a yeah. kimono. It's pink. It mm. looks kind of purple from the. Uh, Does it? Yeah, from the light of the. It uh, can look computer. any color you want when someone's colorblind. That's very true. <laughs> I imagine Frank Percy is not colorblind because, you know, he's, he's an artist. But one thing that's right up Katarina's wheelhouse is this next story, which, of course, is always. That was a good segue. As always. <laughs> but Wonder Woman 1984 sold box offices amazingly. Okay, and a record downloads for the HBO Maxes. It was a great movie. I Thank will say. You. I agree. I will say yes, it was it a was good a movie. Great movie. It was a good movie. Now, if you're comparing it to the first one, don't. Each movie you should stand it's apples on and oranges. Itself. It is. I loved how they did the story. It was how are you going to bring Steve Trevor back? Who well, cares? we're just going to put his consciousness. Spoiler alert into some random guy and then she's gonna Spoiler fuck alert. his brains out and wake up in the morning not even thinking about it even when the guy kind of rapey she's standing next to the guy in the street doesn't be, be like oh yeah by the way there i raped the consent. shit out of you <laughs> he didn't get him consent like oh hey man i want to um i want to visit no, no, there was I wish consent visit my girlfriend in your body that took over gave consent when like, he said when he said that, that he woke up i was fully expecting him to say that like he woke up in a morgue and that he had been tri- his consciousness had been planted into yeah. somebody that had recently passed or something be, and for it to be, be a true. random guy i was kind of i still was kind of waiting for them to be like the guy had od'd in his room or something like so- something yeah um so that absolutely was rapey and problematic. <laughs> problematic but i try not to think about it she doesn't even <laughs> mention they, they it to him over that like they, by the yeah. way very lightly they, they did were like, yeah we're gonna get well then at the end it felt like she was flirting with him and he was like mm. yeah no yes it's nice weather bye i was awake the whole time ah, it's a horror movie <laughs> the real twist is he, the real twist he goes actually i'm gay and i'll be suing you later <laughs> what <laughs> But, I mean, <laughs> the rape aside, I thought it was still a good movie. Yes, the uh, the Wishing Rock was a little bit weird, but, old man, you told me that that is actually on par with Wonder Woman comic lore. Yes. Yes. It, it falls right in line with, with how the content is given. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if you understand the whole line of Wonder Woman and her introduction into the Justice League and how she is, she is, mo- like... Outside of Batman and Superman, she is the moral compass of everybody else. Yeah. And as Zack Snyder has said in recent interviews, he said that Wonder Woman is the glue in his version of the Justice League. So this is building onto how she becomes that. To where in this movie, she has a real gripping realization to where she just kind of touches a rock and said, man, 
wouldn't it be nice if I could fuck my boyfriend in a different body? <laughs> Everybody I'm not loves sure that variety. Was the specific wish? Okay. I not may sure. have exaggerated a bit. <laughs> but then it happens. And he says something that only Steve would know. And then she's like, oh my God, it's true. So she oh, now. No. You know the Wi-Fi password. Yeah, she... she (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even have Wi-Fi. He knew her favorite Pokemon. That's how she knew. But now she has everything that she wants. years earlier. And then we find out, like, oh, actually, he's zapping some of your powers off because, you know... Uh-huh, you got to get something to get something. After she and I like that because story. she ultimately has this decision to where I could be happy and normal and just say, you know what, Max, go ahead, take over the world. I'm going over here with my not boyfriend. Let Superman solve the problem. When he's born and sent over <laughs> here. <laughs> da, 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 da. William That's a is long getting his time full to consent wait. to be used Look, by it's a couple Amazon. Years. So for Wonder Woman three, you've got your Steve consciousness body all set. William Bay says, "I give my full consent to be used by, <laughs> used an, by an Amazon." Okay, I mean, I think all of us—that's just kind of a given, William. We're all for it. And Frank Percy says she knew the magic word to get into Moria. Moria too. Hi y'all. So one thing that I thought was funny was, well, well I loved how, because what one of the things that I had seen is that they were going to have the invisible plane. I'm like, why do we need the invisible plane? She can fly. So having her be the one to make the plane invisible, my dad the used powers this from trick. her father, Zeus, who makes the, the yeah, my uh, dad used this trick invisible. on an island once. I thought that was great. But what was so yeah. funny to me was immediately after she made them invisible to radar, they fly through fireworks, which is the only thing at night that yeah. could make them visible from yeah. the ground. Yeah. You couldn't you go forty feet the other way. No, 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 <laughs> go right through the fireworks. You flew right into the only thing that could identify you, Look, which I thought was. We're funny. not saying that the movie was a hundred percent real. No, I love the whoa. movie. I rated it a, a seven and a half out of ten. And then they flew through a, fa- a flower factory, and the whole plane was visible. Like <laughs> that's why I failed that history. Okay, test. guys, come on, invisible plane. <laughs> just go with it. I did like how that she was just like she explained it. Like, ah, oh, no, hang on. My father did this for the island once. Let me try this out. And then she did it. And then eventually, and then she did it to her mug, and she could never <laughs> never find it again. Now, a lot of people were shitting on this movie because they didn't uh, they didn't find the visual uh, the VFX very impressive. Um, a lot of uh, people that I talked to were just like, "Man, all those parts in the trailers that they were hyping up really were nothing." And to where like the Wonder Woman ride the lightning, she did no heroin in that entire movie. I am so disappointed. No, mm-hmm. but she rode the lightning, but that was in. That was monumental because that was her way of figuring out, hang on a second, I can fly. Shit. Imagine, like, going through life and then just figuring out because you jumped really hard, like, holy shit, I could fly this whole time? How Damn it! How cheated would you feel? Like, all that money I wasted in gas. I could have just flown to work. I personally see that as a miscarriage of financial justice. <laughs> I think she I, should be I compensated. Loved, I loved it. I there was um, 
it was very emotional for me when she and Steve had that reunion and they do that pan around where it's that other guy and then it's Steve once yeah. it comes again. All I see Their is chemistry you. is beautiful. Yeah. Um, their conversation where Steve being her moral compass saying, yeah. I, I can't stay. We get, we, you, you, I can't stay. And then that scene where she says goodbye to him and then starts running while she renounces her wish. Yes. And uh. or you see her, her wounds healing and she's yeah, picking up speed it's... and she's getting to full strength. I'm sorry. I know that people didn't care for it and that's okay it's you fun. like what you like but yeah. i can't see something like that and not be like that was beautiful like it made me feel something just like even was- you describing that right now right now i got a little goosebumps <laughs> man that was such a moving scene and the only thing i could really think of is because with this movie they really proved that they're not marvel they're not trying to right. be marvel they're trying to make a film and they did they made a wonder woman film it was and a really good movie. And it really brought her character forward. Yes. She got to say goodbye to Steve, even though it was hard for her, but she got that extra time yes. with him to, to kind of resolve it and kind of push her forward. Because before this, she had cut herself off from the world because she had already outlived everybody that yes. she loved in man's world. Yeah. She's the only one that has to do that. And then she to befriends. To see the people around her grow old and die while she stays the same. And then she Frank befriends the thing. Yeah. And then she befriends <laughs> the next common you know kind of film trope to where do you call her a villain really cheetah because she's the nerdy person almost I don't like think there were any villains in this movie really really yeah but you have the selena kyle type you know she has the messy hair and the glasses first off can we move away from that why is it, it that was... all of a sudden they get superpowers and they realize hygiene why is that a thing? Why can't I they can learn get a what comb. a comb? Holy shit! Why can't? Why couldn't she learn what a comb is before she touched the wishing stone, wishing to be like Wonder Woman? And like, even you can't be mad at her because her wish was not to be Wonder Woman. No. Her wish was to be more like Diana Prince. Because who more doesn't confident? Of, sexier. I, I want to be like so Diana like, Prince. That, and this was she I got all of like this extra Apex stuff predator. that she didn't ask for. It. And I can't speak for everyone, but as a woman who's been. Um, cat called it and more by men when i could not defend myself that scene where she was able to oh yeah kind of get back at that guy who had tried to accost her the other day i mean yeah i can't look at her as a she bad person and i understand why um with the with the dreamstone taking away her immunity how she didn't want to let go yeah. of this power she didn't want to go back to being like weak and um awkward and you know, ungraceful and everything. It's the version of power on the soul. That's yeah. all it was. It was a very emotional Like, I understand backing. why she didn't want to let that go. Yeah, it's a very emotional backing to the story to where you can look at Wonder Woman through this journey. And if you have a heart and soul, Teddy, um, then you can really look <laughs> and see. Sorry, buddy. Um, that Teddy. Shoot, we love you. Um, but you can really look and see that this is an honest struggle for her. She's just like, huh, have the man I love or have godly powers and protect people. Man, that protected people's really getting fucking old. Kind of want to chill. And if it were me, it wouldn't be a long movie and everybody would be dead. But that's why it's not me. <laughs> but I then still you think. you wouldn't learn you could fly. Yeah, so Frank says uh, some guys lost a few, t- uh, lost a few. Rightly that, so. That, that night, you know, and it is, it's true. You know, it's, it's just one of those things that just because it's not your cup of tea doesn't mean it's a good, it's not a good movie because 
this is a good movie. It's given us a powerful woman front figure that, honestly, not a lot of people saw. And I honestly want to see where the Wonder Girl TV series goes because it's it's going to be something great. The other thing I want to see where it goes is the next story because we have a little bit of a rumor as long as we're in the Wonder Woman vein giggity. <coughs> Which, of course, is one little Liam Neeson. That was a good segue. Thank you, buddy. Even though you're asleep, you're still with us. Uh, Liam Neeson is rumored for Wonder Woman 3. Because, of course, after the massive, you know, uh, you know, reports that they've seen, and HBO Max hasn't said any kind of official numbers as to what they have gotten from this. Um, Aptopia estimates 554,000 users signed up for HBO Max app between Christmas and Sunday. And there was 244,000 downloads on Sunday alone, a single-day record for the streaming platform. Torrent Freak reports that the film's release on pirate sites has already hit record numbers on Saturday. Nearly 10% of all pirate downloads on torrent sites related to Wonder Woman 1984. You can shit on it, but everybody (laughs) still wants to watch it. You know, and I watched it three times in one day. You know, regardless of what everybody will say, people will watch anything for free. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I paid to see it in the theater and then watched it twice at home with the HBO Max that I paid for. That's that's what I did. So Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot will be returning for Wonder Woman 3, and some are speculating that it's at least four years away, although they are saying that they're putting it in the fast track. Jenkins has said that she has at least two more Wonder Woman stories to tell. The obvious one is something to do with the end credits scene, which Katarina, what did you think of that mid credit scene with the legendary Linda Carter out of nowhere? It. It was perfect. It Just was, popping it was, up as Asteria? Well, when they showed, when um, Diana was telling the story of Asteria. Was that like a Luke Skywalker moment for you? I was like, see, because no. if you know, my Can't one be. like nitpicky thing about Wonder Woman's casting is that Wonder Woman has always had light colored eyes, blue eyes. And it always bothered me that they never had Gal put on um, contacts or digitally change the color or whatever the case that but that's like just always women. So when you see hysteria um, and they zoom in on her face and you see the blue eyes, I'm like, that's the Wonder Woman that I was expecting. That's the yeah. Linda Carter Wonder Woman yeah. in my head. And then at the end, oh, yeah. it is Linda Carter. Yeah. And it's just like. And I kind of oh. lost my mind there. Dude, just seeing Linda it Carter. It was great. I audibly cheered. I audibly yeah. cheered. I was like, yeah. I clapped. Like, oh, my God. I was so happy to see Linda fucking Carter back in this, yeah. man. And just seeing is how she made, obviously, she put her as like the not villain in a movie and just having those two just at odds. She just wants to get her armor back. Wonder Woman's like, yo, look, don't be mad, but I kind of broke it. it. Uh, The wings fell off. What? You broke my wings? The wings fell off and then Cheetah tore the rest of it to shreds. (laughs) Look, you're just going to... Do you still know Zeus? Are you still friends? Maybe he could... She'd need Hephaestus for that. (laughs) You know, just maybe see if he knows, has his vices, his number. That's the rest for the rest of us. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but the rumor here is that Liam Neeson 
will be returning as Zeus in Wonder Woman, though. I think that would be a really nice call, a nice pull, but the rumor is saying that they're looking for an A-lister to play Zeus in this, where it makes sense. You had Ares. It's her dad. You can't, I mean, you know, how could you do Wonder Woman without talking about Zeus? I like it. I don't have any. He's played Zeus before. He's played <laughs> Aslan. He's used to being God, so it's cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all right with it as well. I think you could do a lot with that with Zeus. And, you know, you add uh, Asteria in there and just have that whole dynamic there. With this one, the fact that there was no true villain is also another thing that I think that really had people held up. And in the end, it wasn't violence that saved the day. Yeah. Once again, because it wasn't like Marvel, it's something that's against (laughs) the norm that you're used to. So you almost want to fight against like, ah, oh, everything has that. to be like cut and dry. This is like, here's our baddie. This is how we do it. And we're going to go through this. I also like moment. how they've made the, the lasso more than just an accessory. It, it's like its yeah. own sentient um, thing at this point. Yeah, because it's truth. You know? And, and has so like many different uses. And, the, and I like that. The wishing stone had its own, you know, meaning behind it. And it's bringing in Greek lore. And that mythos, and it's just staying true to Marvel, or DC rather, it's staying true to the comic, and it's still really taking different avenues. And it's not something that you Another thing, too, is one of, um, for New 52 making her the daughter of Zeus, it took away the trials that she went through when there was that big competition as to who Mm -hmm. was going to represent uh, the Amazons (laughs) and, and man's world. So I really love that at the beginning of this Wonder Woman, you had those trials, you had those Olympics that they had. Um, the competition, and you see how strong she already was as a child, and um, also, and, and that she's earned this. She's that, earned. She's earned it. That little girl did all of her own stunts. Yeah, I saw that. That's amazing. She's amazing. Wow. That's impressive. She's man. perfect. Like, yeah, absolutely. Cast that little girl down the road when she gets older and something else nerdy. She's gonna do fantastic. And uh, another if thing, if they ever do anything Wonder Woman related when she's old enough to be in it, they better cast her and no one else. Oh, yeah. Another thing that may be fantastic is the next story Warner Brothers is expected to produce two new DC movies per year exclusively on the HBO Maxes. Uh, the future of DC movie universe, at least some of it anyway, is on HBO Max. It has been revealed that DC Films is going to ramp up the its in the uh, coming years. It's not just on the theatrical side. On top of movies such as Batman, there are uh, they are intending uh, theatrical releases on that. Warner Brothers is also preparing to release several projects exclusively on the streaming services with Batgirl and Static Shock as early contenders, which Batgirl has been in development for several years now, uh, but has yet to truly find uh, traction. Joss Whedon was at one point attached to write and direct the adaptation. The Avengers filmmaker uh, left the project following his work to do (laughs) Justice League reshoots, which we saw how that turned out. And uh, Christina Hodson, Birds of Prey, uh, took over the script duties after uh, Whedon's departure. Static Shock is more recent development. The movie was originally revealed as part of the virtual DC fandom event over the summer. Michael B. Jordan, Black Panther, and Creed has signed on to produce the project. There is no word on casting or who may wind up in the director's chair. But 
two movies a year. Batgirl, Static Shock, Direct... They're not A-listers because they don't believe that they could pull an actual theatrical release with them, but they still think there's enough fans behind it that they could still make some money on there. Static Shock, I love the show. Batgirl was a prominent character. She was... uh, she came from the original 66 Batman show, got written into the comics. Then we got Killing Joke. We got Oracle. We got everything that we know of Batman from this show. So giving her her own side series on HBO Max when really you're still trying to put up the content that Netflix has and you're trying to contest with that with the properties that you have of course, you're going to have to put out some B, B and C list stuff that people may not know, but with the right writing, it could be the next Iron Man. And especially with Batgirl. Or as well as Daredevil did on Netflix and Punisher. Like, I would love Batgirl to just show just all of how she went through and they could end it off with Killing Joke. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Art. And then spin off into... Uh, her as Oracle on something else. Exactly. I, I worry about the two per year um, more than I worry about the Star Wars content, to be honest with you, because DC's been very uneven when it comes to live action. Frank Percy says it'll be a new Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger, not horrible. I like the first season, and the second season... Uh, yeah, the first season was good. ...wasn't bad. It just, you know, you knew it wasn't going to come of anything after that. It was just like, damn, this is a shame. Because you knew Marvel was just going to be retreating and bringing everything in to Disney, so you knew it couldn't go anywhere. But I think the actors and everything with that show was really great. Uh, William Pace says, I loved Oracle. Frank says, why did they put Batwoman before Batgirl? That's a really good question, man. Why would you go to Bat... I mean, all right, Bruce's cousin. Okay. But now with I the second season... I think it was season, because she's an LGBTQ rid of the cousin. Um, character. But with the second season, they're getting rid of the cousin and casting somebody completely different. Like, how many yeah, people know he's fucking Batman? Person. Am I saying that right? LGBT. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, um, I think that they wanted to put someone in that community in a prominent role, as you know, as they should. But I think that's why Batwoman got something before Batgirl did. I'm sorry. She's it's just a shame that they, they didn't Sorry. cast it well in the first season, and now they're having to recast it as somebody completely different. <laughs> Frank says, season. that's why. I'm, I'm all for a Batwoman, but make it a good one. Yeah. Frank says, that's why I'm here. That's right, Frank. We appreciate you. Asking the real <laughs> questions. Getting to the Love hard Frank, news. Why don't you hop on the Zoom? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, I would love that. Um, yeah, Frank. Uh, the report notes that there will be as many as four theatrical DC movies per year starting in 2022, in addition to these streaming releases. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But then you look <laughs> at what Disney's doing with Star Wars and Marvel, and everybody's going to be just shooting their nerdy loads at us. If DC had a strong live action history, I would not be as concerned. Now, if they use the writers that they use for their animated stuff, yeah. I will feel a little bit better about it. But it's still a lot to churn out every year. If this were six to eight animated movies from DC a year, I would not have any worries. I'd be yeah, like, oh I would, my I would God. not. I would not be concerned at all. This is going to be great. But live action makes me nervous. Yeah, like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. Like, uh, I would love that, live action. But I think that they're still trying to step it up. 
there's a lot of characters that they could go with. They have their Green Lantern core series. I know, but they take your time and do it right. We're here for it. We'll watch it whenever it comes out. Yeah. But don't rush it and put out weak <laughs> content because it doesn't help your reputation going forward. It really doesn't. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing that, like, when you rush IPs and try to make video games a movie, you get, you know, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, because this is in addition to the spinoff hey, shows that'll be produced. At for least HBO we Max. got that Walk the Dinosaur song, and that has stood the test of time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because you have the spinoff series as well on top of this. So you have the Batman coming out, and then you have Gotham City PD. And then you have James Gunn making Peacemaker. And that's going to be after the Suicide Squad. So you're going to have... I want to see a good Lantern Corps. I want want a Lantern Corps show or movie, but I want want a good one. Yeah, I want both. I would rather wait five years for a good one than for you to rush it out as one of your four and it'd be crap. Don't do this to me, DC. Now, I am with Frank Percy here. I am really digging Titans. Titans is doing it right. Yeah. It's sticking to comics. It's sticking to the, they're doing everything right. Titans over is Titans. great. Doom Patrol, Swamp yes. Thing, we're all yes. great. I have no issues. Fantastic, with fantastic series. William Pay says, "I just want to see a good Green Lantern series." <gasps> Me yeah. too, William. Green Lantern series. But I would like movie. to see the whole Lantern Corps, not just Green. Give me Give a me live action Kilowog. Give me the Skittles of lanterns. Like the useless Taste blue the lanterns. Here, I can help. Taste the rainbow. Either Isn't rainbow. It indigo? Taste the rainbow. <laughs> Isn't it indigo, not blue? Look, semantics. But I'll tell you one thing that people Frank are going to be. says, I've seen more naked ass than anything Marvel has put out. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you one Where thing. Where did he put that? I'm going to tell you one thing that's going to be getting people's ears perked up. And it's going to be after tomorrow. And it's going to be this next story, which is Doctor Who. Season 13 will release as soon as possible, says showrunner Chris Chibnall. So we have Revolution of the Daleks coming tomorrow with John Barrowman. Very excited. Captain Jack Hartness coming back. And Mm -hmm. not only is he coming back, it is reported and almost yet to be confirmed that he is going to be interacting with the doctor for the first time in 10 years, man. I can't wait. Who doesn't love Captain Jack? I would love, I can't wait to see that kind of. You got to love the face of Bo. Come on, man. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I mean, and he will, Jack will sleep with anybody if they're pretty enough. And (laughs) now, and you know, he, he, I said anybody, anything, any species, it doesn't matter. But now he's got yeah. a female doctor. Oh, they're totally going to fuck. He's going to be yeah. ridiculous, and oh, I am yeah. 100% here for that. It's going to be Captain Jack. It's going to be the doctor, and it's probably going to be, uh, what's the, uh, what's the yes. Indian police officer? Yes. Yes, yes. It's going to be the three of them. It's going to be on Wood Rocket before you know it. I swear to God, they already have one up there. So but exciting. Season three. They're going to start their only, only fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, live in the TARDIS. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who season 13 will be premiering on BBC Tardis as... Boys. <laughs> the TARDIS boys. You want to see my screwdriver? <laughs> as soon as it's done. 
God, there's this an isolation that we have to grab. <laughs> That's where we're supposed to be, draining right down into the gutter where we should be. And uh, the upcoming... Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. What happens Welcome in 2020 back. stays in 2020. <laughs> That's right. We only have a few more hours. By the time this podcast is done, it's going to be 2021. Uh, the upcoming season <laughs> is currently filming, but has been delayed, notably due to the coronavirus pandemic, if you haven't heard of that this year. I have not. What is this? It's a certain, it's a certain supposedly it's killer a beer. Virus. Yeah, it's a, it's a beer that, that can only be defeated by twisted tea. Yes. <laughs> okay. We've come down to the bottom of it. We figured it out. That We have come up with the vaccine. Don't actually drink twisted tea to cure corona. <laughs> no, don't. It's 2020. Don't do that. Can't believe I gotta say it, but I really don't should. It's gonna be the greatest ever. Don't do it. It was a joke. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go get some twisted tea to cure this corona. You sounded like Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Just don't do the twisted tea virus virus vaccine. Okay, corona cannot be cured by twisted tea. What's wrong with you, Pete? We're back in Wonder Woman 84. Wasn't he the president then? Where am yes, I again? He was. I remember <laughs> Wonder Woman very clearly. I'm sorry. Here are you again. <laughs> it always comes back to Reagan. And uh, maybe oh, Doctor Who will come into contact with Reagan. At least, at with least Reagan. we'll get a Reagan smash out of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so the upcoming series is currently filming. But it is, remember Doctor Who? That's what we were originally talking about. Uh, but it's been delayed because of the virus. It's meant to, uh, as an extended pause in new content for the fans who are very well familiar with the popular sci-fi franchise. New holiday special, Revolution of the Daleks, is, will air on New Year's Day, giving Whovians a little fix to tide you over until they're done shooting. Season 13 will have the uh, Jodie Whittaker playing the epitomous Time Lord. Whittaker's performance is the first by a woman in the role and has generally been celebrated by the fans of the show f through her first two seasons of the show. So we'll have to see how she does in the third. Um, it's, this season is just going to be eight episodes, so it's going to be a bit shorter. Along the lines of everything that we're getting streaming-wise, you're getting those eight episodes and a lot shorter season counts because they're putting a lot more money into them. To where that's the trade-off. I'll take that trade-off. To where you don't have the same seven costumes and four actors in every Doctor Who episode. You can now expand a bit, put a little bit more into your CGI and stuff, and that's really going to build it. So I really think that with the new showrunner, Chris Chibnall, last season was great. I love The Timeless Child. I can't wait to see where he goes from now because we have not seen the Doctor in prison. Then the Doctor just, all right, later, and gets out of everything. Now, coming into, you know, her own with, I have to come up, I have to face what I've done, even if I don't remember it all. I got to come up to that. So, can't wait for this. Really going to be a good one. So if you're, it's really the first time her, that the doctor in general is taking responsibility for the aftermath of their actions in yeah. any iteration that I can remember. Even with Capaldi, Clara and uh, me said that to him, like, "Oh, you come here, you think you save the day, and then you just move on, and that's it." Right. So with this one, with Chip, and the you know, the galaxy is vast, and then he can travel through time. So the odds of him going to the same place and seeing the repercussions of his actions. I mean, thing. he can avoid it and not miss a beat. 
Is it really that much effort for him to check up on somebody he's just saved? No. You have a time machine. No. You could just say, okay, hey, man, I'll be back in 100 years. Literally, walk into your TARDIS, walk out, 100 years go by. Hey, man, how's everything going? All right, that didn't work out. I'm back. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, if you're a sci-fi fan, you're probably a Star Trek fan. We all know what happens when when you do something and don't check on the aftermath, Wrath of Khan. Very true. A very lesson, a lesson that everyone would know, especially with uh, the new Wrath of Khan with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. He mm-hmm. was a little bit more murdery. <laughs> and that's hard to say. Even a little from the less first... Latino accent. <laughs> yeah. Not salsa. No salsa not with salsa. this. Khan did not salsa. <laughs> Might be the title of the podcast for this New Year's Eve. <laughs> but Khan did not salsa. The next story is another rumor, but it may have people a little bit excited. Netflix reportedly developing an Elder Scrolls show to be bigger than The Witcher. Ooh. We know Elder Scrolls VI is in development, and at the moment, though uh, nothing is known for what uh, it'll consist of, and all we saw saw of it is a short teaser trailer, uh, that basically just confirms its existence. Uh, but the new rumor is being reported by insider Daniel Reichman this week that says Netflix is working on a show based on the Elder Scrolls that'll be they'll be taking it as big as The Witcher. So they're pumping a bunch of money into it. So you'll get a season of four episodes, and then eventually, when you're 85, you'll have a full story. <laughs> well, they have plenty of directions they can like, go. Yeah. Why? Yes, I remember when this was in development. Yeah. <laughs> so one interesting. Going to be the Cyberpunk seventy seven of Netflix show. I hope not. Um, <laughs> we'll get into that later. Glitchy creates a sign. Okay. And uh, Frank Bursey says, "I'll be there for that." Uh, one interesting wrinkle with this is that Bethesda Softworks is already developing a major TV series adaptation for one of their games with Netflix's major competitor. Earlier this year was announced that Westworld team is going to work on Fallout for Amazon Prime set sometime Mm. in the future. So do you see Bethesda putting, you know, just kind of, hey, let's, Put an egg in Netflix's basket, and then let's put an egg in Amazon's basket and see which one does better. Or do you really feel like maybe this rumor got it wrong, and it's just going to be another Amazon series? Because typically we see people siding with one streamer or the other. We don't see them just kind of going wherever they want with these kind of franchises. You know, especially games, it's kind of unprecedented, so they could put it there or not. I see you mulling about, old man. Like, um... What do you, what are you thinking here? With ESO, he looks unhappy. He's obviously yeah, not with, thinking with about shaving. So I will, you know, it's hard <laughs> for me to be cautiously optimistic about everything. Um, a lot of these video game franchises that have kind of like an open-ended world <laughs> where it's like you know you have one path. We've seen this across multiple, you know, a multiple IPs both in, you know, comics, video games and movies. Yeah. How many times do we have to kill a fucking dragon? I'm just I'm just as many it out there. as long as there are dragons left. They breathe so, fire. 
Yeah, are we vetting this process though? Are they all bad dragons? What if they're good no, dragons? One, what if one, they're great? One dragon? dragon is good. The last good His name's dragon. Pete. He lives on the top of a mountain. Was uh, <laughs> Dragon Heart with Sean Connery. I was that going was for awesome Pete's dragon. dragon. Well, I was going for Pete's dragon or Elliot's even dragon. Even Puff the Magic Dragon. You know. Well, it is a go. big open they're world where bad. they could go anywhere. The and... last good dragon. And unlike the and Witcher, how to train your dragon, dragons. And you know what? If All you're right. going into anime, um, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. When he got reincarnated as a slime, <laughs> his first friend was a dragon. There okay? you go. Even though he did use his predator attack and absorb him and kill his friend, that's not my. There's point. a mat on my foot. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a snake in your boot. But I think that if it goes right, there is so many different ways that they could fuck up this Elder Scrolls series, though. <laughs> if it goes right, then it could go well. Can't, will it translate well to live action? It can. Should they it keep can. it CGI is, or just animated? Here's the thing. The thing is, with unlike uh, The Witcher... Because it sounds like it would be very expensive. There's, there's no one character there's yeah. no one guy throughout yeah. the whole thing like fallout you're what you're buying into is the world you could do an anthology so i'd say the cgi for that that has to be everything and you have to really go into like the human yeah like if if you could go c- cover a, a mage at one of the mages guilds and you have a lot of drama and yeah magic and people killing each other holy shit look at the chat i know but here, before you read Frank's comments here, the thing is, is that you you really got me excited with that because they could really do an anthology series with Elder Scrolls to where you just tell individual stories throughout whatever kind of timeline you want to do and have that as your season and have it all build up to one momentous event and it's different heroes and different perspectives and shit. And the thing is, there's a yeah, like lot book of... One this book two this and yes. book seven is where they the all thing come is, together there's a lot of history it. and there's this huge like backlog of gods and they each have yeah. a very specific story and, and there are specific books that we all recognize and if you get that wrong we're going to hate you forever so it's like trying to funnel an entire <laughs> keg worth of beer into a thimble don't get the lore wrong. I know it all. <laughs> I will know. I've read them. Well, then this has got to be an investment where they're building this world yeah. over a bit of time. This is not something that they can like do uh, like some exposition at the beginning of the very first episode and then just pick up a story. They have to build it in layers. Yeah. Am I correct? Oh, yeah. Is that what you're That's saying? What I, say. I really think that this is really the next kind of fad craze that's coming is that everybody is going to try and find their video game adaptation because they love to do that because video games would take novels and then make that the video game so video games are doing that before you know the streaming services were Mm -hmm. right so now you have the streaming services going like hey well maybe we take this video game and we take that oh this one has a book so now we can mix the two of those and now that's where they got the witcher and that's where they got the success with that because they kind of just blended the two that you're already familiar with and making it something attract, attractive and desirable. What it's all going to be down to is who has the money and also who cares enough about the source material to make sure that whatever they put out and if you is don't, good quality. And if you don't have Shea Gorath, the god of madness, go home. Yeah. 
Honestly, he has yes. to be there. He has to be everywhere. I suggest you write a strongly worded email to the studio that. I, I, I really, I really don't. Even, I don't have know. that type of energy. I'll tell you the energy I do have, <laughs> and that's to go on to this next bit, which is, of course, I have the energy and the power to send you all over here to the Game and DVD Exchange at 23 East State Except Street, me. Media, PA. Except for Katarina, because we all know that Katarina is banned from my store. But everybody else is welcome, and when you walk in the door, he's going to say, Broski. Bro. Broski. It might even Bro. say it a couple times. Broski. Anyone that gets banned from the store should <laughs> hang out with me outside of the store, and we can get tacos or something. Yeah, maybe you guys just have a silent petition that just says Katarina should be allowed in the store. No, we're just no, we're just going to stand outside eating tacos and staring into the store and watching people shop because that's, that's a, not at all uncomfortable. No, that's great. That's the perfect silent protest. That is perfect. I like that. But you're going to like a lot of the stuff that they have there, including their five dollar wall and a lot of the new and even used stuff that you may not even know that you want. Can I get games and DVDs? Absolutely. They have the latest Blu-ray <laughs> games. They have and Can you get a PS Five? You may be able to get a PS5 now, but we'll you'll take be able a PS3 to find... and a PS2 together for you. You'll have the place. You'll have PlayStation. You'll have everything that you may want. And Frank Percy says, "Watch Mark while we eat." So you all exactly. We yeah. have to maintain eye contact the yeah. entire time. That's it, and you just stare down Mark eating your tacos viciously, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you have an angry look on your face while you're eating the tacos, like yeah. Fucker, I see you. You can't be angry when you're eating a taco. I could get you choose Lear. <laughs> Angrily eating tacos outside of the store. But we'll have to go back in the store in 2021 and do a bunch of great stuff. stuff. We do have a lot of stuff cooking in the oven with these guys, and we always want to send out our love to the gaming DVD exchange because they're all awesome. A lot like the next story, it may be awesome because League of Legends... It's making an MMO. Mark says, Happy New Year, everybody. Absolutely. Happy New Year, Mark. Uh, Happy New Year. So over the past year and a half, Riot Games has spread its wings. It's built off a successful League of Legends, uh, releasing other games outside of the MOBA genre. Valorant, Team Fight Tactics, and League of of Runtura all (laughs) offer diverse gameplay experiences and have each found unique success. Ruined King, as well as the codename Project L and Project F, are all the most diverse. But now Riot has appeared uh, apparently ready to start work on its biggest project yet, and they announce it very nonchalantly. So, considering the scale of such an announcement, you would think that one might... (laughs) Expect a press uh, press event, maybe a trailer dropped off on the Facebooks. Uh, No, that's not the case. An official MMO uh, developer by Riot Games was confirmed by uh, Twitter. Reply from the VP and IP of Entertainment, Greg Street, better known as Ghostcrawler, which I got to say, as far as nicknames go, Ghostcrawler is not bad. Makes you seem kind of transparent and slow but sounds sounds metal man you're you know a very slow metal badass 
like I'm a Metallica fan in 20 years. And, 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 the <laughs> and Star Wars. Yeah. So while uh, while talking about the new project currently uh, in development, Street was asked if the project was an MMO, and Street nonchalantly response was uh, simply, it's an MMO. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't leave much room for confusion. Clearly, this is a... What is they it say, an MMO? Yep. a massive multiplayer, which means you're going to see a whole bunch of people from different countries that you never knew existed, like Fioria, yeah, or uh, uh, Lithuania. Sure, um, if you want to go with places that exist, Liveria. Sure, that's where Doctor Doom's country was, <coughs> or Markovia. That was the one that's always in the shield. Uh, Markovia is about to attack. Mm. Uh, for added context, Street started revealing some news on Twitter. He says that his job at Riot has been uh, to develop the League of Legends user universe, but he's moved on to a new role. Specifically, his job is now to kick off a big, some might say, wink, wink, massive game. He, uh, he also characterizes it as a highly anticipated project both at Riot and in the League of Legends fandom. Obviously, it's not so subtle that it's going to be an MMO because they keep fucking talking about it. But that is a game that in the MOBA arena, they have such amazing <laughs> characters. It's like Overwatch to where you have such attention on characters and all this, and then you just have mindless slaughter. Where it's like you're leaving gold on the on the sidewalk and expecting nobody to take it, and it's just it's there and they're not touching it. Now the they're gold, finally. The I, 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 <laughs> I didn't see any gold out there. There's no gold out there when I went out there. But my point is, is that they have this nugget of gold, and when you're looking at MMO and the amount of love that people have for League of Legends, this is a no-brainer. So now that they're finally, in 2020, they're like, you know, what could we do? Oh, I guess we could start working on this amazing project. I guess. <laughs> so, old man, are you a fan of the League of Legends? Uh, I played it sparingly. Um, I haven't touched it recently, uh, yeah. only because you know, I've been doing other stuff and playing other games. Yeah. So there's so much other uh, other stuff out there for us to, you know, really have our time drawn to this old thing. But now the promise of them putting out an MMO. Like, do you kind of agree with me to where they have such interesting characters to where this kind of just makes sense for an MMO for them? Yeah, I mean, MMO would be the right the the right path for them to take. Um, whether I'm fully invested is is going to be key. Um, free is for me, as you know. Yeah. Um, but if if it's just another game that I'm going to have to sub, I'm going to decline. So. so if it's the 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 old Republic style, free to play, and then you have your premium services, you're on board. But if it's <laughs> I have to subscribe World of Warcraft style, you're tapping out. Um, I I might subscribe for like a quick month, and that would be it. You know, yeah, just to play the story and just blow, you know blow through it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd I'd like to see where it goes. Um, they're not always going to be gems. A lot like the next story from my ivory tower that is the PC Master Race. I see this story as a massive, massive, exciting thing 
It's a massive, you know, achievement for a game that we've all been waiting for. Cyberpunk 2077 has sold more than 13 million copies despite a disastrous launch. Well, it's an amazing game. I love it. I wouldn't call that a disastrous launch. It's just buggy. And buggy to the point where it's like inoperable on some systems. Like termite buggy on some systems. Like, um... Like Beetlejuice sandworm buggy. I yeah. call it ever so slightly annoying every now and again. Now, look, like I said, from my ivory tower that is the PC Master Race, whenever I log on to it, I don't get kicked off with game-ending bugs. I may have to do something special like, oh, I have to go into my menu and pop back out for me to be able to do something. Not the end of the world. You know, I understand that a lot of you are like, fuck you, Matt, man, that was a horrible game. They didn't tell me what was going on. They didn't tell me what it was going to look like on the la- on the current gen systems. And you're probably the investor who's suing them, um, because there's an investor saying that they he did they didn't release that. Uh, it's defamatory to their reputation, and it's uh, you know horrific on their sales. Microsoft, Sony, Steam, they've all had to issue uh, refunds on it, and it's been horrendous. Here's the thing. Why this is not a new thing. Games have come out unfinished. Witcher 3 came out unfinished. Guess yep. what you got? 16 fucking free DLC and an add-ons to the game. Because CD Projekt Red realized, hey, we didn't exactly get this right. Now, I think they should at least double it due to our trauma. And by our, I mean you Xbox One and PlayStation 4 owners. See, you invoke Cyberpunk, and Big Brother is now coughing. Well, that's because he plays it on PlayStation 4 Pro, which, look, this is my thing. I think their their .5 console step of the PlayStation 4 Pro, and I would assume the Xbox One Series X, which I don't know, think I they're eventually... that bad because I've watched him play this. You didn't get that Spider-Man PlayStation 4 boat guy graphics. You still got good graphics, bugged out a bit, Weird, wonky things happening. But overall, it was still a great experience. It's a great game. Good story. A lot of side missions. And the RPG elements of the skills. Immersive world. Yep. And, uh, you know, the the weapons and crafting. And it has everything you want as a gamer in it. And it's just such a shame that it took a shit. But look, man. Why are you poor? That's Um, what you're really going to ask. I got it. I I, I actually... (laughs) No. I actually got the Is that game not the thing to question? on Xbox One X. So I tried it just to see what everybody was bitching about. It actually runs phenomenal on the One X. So I have yeah. to say, I'm not experiencing those bugs and glitches. I'm assuming this is uh, John Walsh because it's Projangers and Wallhanger says. Yeah, I he s- comes in as John Walsh. <laughs> I started playing John it last Walsh. night on not the not the not the guitar guy. No, not and Joe the Walsh. Silver Bullet Band. <laughs> no, it's not no. Joe Walsh. Oh, sorry. It's not sorry. Joe it's Walsh. Not it's a different Walsh. It's not John. It's not Joe Walsh. It's John Walsh. It, oh. It's not Kevin Gunn either. Um, he says on Xbox game, it's, uh, great. Uh, the game is great, but visuals got me real PS2. <laughs> it's not bad, but like, uh, oblivion from the 360, it looks better and it kills the story. So I can understand that. But like I said, PC, 
is really something that a lot of people, including our Superman, Henry Cavill, have invested in this year. He recently yeah, got I the, saw him rebuild what do you get, the 3090? Awesome. Yeah. He recently installed the 3090. Henry, if you want to be on, give us a call. Love to have you. He's never going to hear Yes, he would. <laughs> <laughs> Katarina approved. <laughs> but, I mean, come on, lug nuts. We'll talk about cars for a while. Exactly. But Cyberpunk selling 13 million copies, and this is including the refunds. For that, I can see Katarina wanting to build a PC. Yeah. <laughs> Henry, we want you to come over to Kat's house and. Why? Just when help I can her... have Henry build one for me. That's what I was saying. Yes, like, Henry, really we want you to go over to Kat's house and we want you to build her a PC. Help her build a PC. <laughs> you will get no argument from me. 20 weeks later. Kat, you know, nobody's heard from Henry Cavill since he went over your house. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. All, he left. all I heard was installing <laughs> RAM and he was done. <laughs> <laughs> so like i said this is a a big game um it's sold more than uh most so uh witcher hunt witcher 3 wild hunt which has sold more than 28 million copies across platforms still few games have ever sold more than 10 million copies and to break the top 50 of all time uh, you need to be only selling more than 19 million copies to beat out the NES Classic Super Mario Brothers three. So he says that was a really good game. Yeah. <laughs> the financial success of the role playing game stands in stark contrast to the public perception as manufacture uh, as you know it's pretty much seen as a failure on social media and everything. But like we're saying, it's a great game. Really, really it's enjoyed an it. amazing game. If you were looking to pick it up, pick yeah. it up. You can get hours of playability, replayability. Yeah, it's it's fantastic Just all be over. Patient. And you, you can put that. a penis I mean, on your three character. times. You knew this going in. You could put a penis or a vagina on your character. It you could have. Yes, they do transgender characters. They are gender fluid. It Whatever does not matter. You want? Yeah. You want a penis on your woman? Put a penis on a woman. It could be a big We're all penis. for it. Would it yeah. You could put a big could penis it, on could your be woman. a gigantic penis on a woman. You could put a small penis on your woman. It and doesn't you matter. I was wondering when we were going to get there, Kat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were. Don't worry. But we got you covered. Look, look, look. Everybody wants gender equality. Why is there only one vagina size? What? There's only one vagina in Cyberpunk. There's two I penises. I haven't noticed. There's two penis options and one vagina option. Oh, there were? Yeah. What okay. would you Where's... think the vagina options would I, be? I don't know. I'm leaving it up to CD Projekt Red. No, no, no. I would like two <laughs> options, but I want the picture to not change in any way, yes. shape, or form. It doesn't. Ha the picture doesn't have to change. I just want two options. That way it's equal. It's four, not three. You know, three, <laughs> you just want uh, you just want to even number. Nothing. Even. I just want an even number. I'm sorry. I, I just want an even number. That's it. <laughs> so, uh... This is how I'm going to be looking at Mark while I'm eating my taco. <laughs> we got a preview. <laughs> we got a good preview. Well, that that's a weird segue. So, Joe Walsh also says... Uh, yeah, as the words were coming out of my mouth, I instantly wanted to not be saying them, but it's too late. <laughs> We've all had those moments. I got to play and where it stands. another isolation that we have to <laughs> Uh, Joe Walsh, I'm sorry, John Walsh says, junk customizations blew my wife away. Uh, 
Look, man, we're not going to go into that. That's something for you and your wife to talk about. All right? <laughs> they get that big? Phrasing. Uh, Henry is of age. What's not recorded is... What is that? You can add a snake onto your character? No, honey. That's no snake. Um, There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> if it has to be I don't like to brag. <laughs> uh, Henry uh, is of the age. What was it on? Um, rec- uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the movie. Austin Powers. That's why they call him Tripod. Yes. <laughs> so tri- tripods aside, <laughs> you're gonna get more stuff out of Cyberpunk. <laughs> It's an amazing game. Pick it up today at your PlayStation, Xbox, or Steam. That was mini me. Yeah. Woo! So, Ric Flair's aside, the we next good, story. We good, we good. The next story is another great one. John just put out a laughing, crying emoji. Yeah. <laughs> so am I. Uh, <laughs> that's what my face is right now. So, the next story is going to have you saying, boy... Because Boy. the first person, God of War mod, lets you become Kratos fans. YouTuber uh, Speclizer recently shared a video, which the video should be down below, um, uh, highlighting the a first person mod for Kratos' latest adventure, God of War. The soft, you know, kind of reboot, as it were. And uh, that's it. Why the hell is it not? Reload the page. Um, Eight eight minutes of footage in this and are featured in the video. Uh, Much of it is filled with spoilers. No way. That's like this entire podcast, if you haven't noticed. Um, The first-person perspective is first shown from Kratos' point of view before switching to Atreus. Uh, It sheds light on... Atreus? There you go. It sheds light on quite a few details on... (laughs) that may not otherwise be obvious when looking at the scene through the third-person lens. Most interestingly, however, is that the God of War mod shows the God of War's <laughs> epilogue scene from the first-person perspective of Thor. Notably, uh, this glim- brief glimpse through the God of Thunder's eyes illustrates just how massive he is compared to Kratos, as is always the case. Because Kratos is always smaller. But the small guy triumphs, you know? That's really the, the, the key thing in the story. The little guy, the David versus the Goliath. That David wins and kills and chops off a god's head and then uses it as a lamp. I'm sorry, that was God of War 3. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. So, of course, uh, the disappointing part is that the vast majority of God of War players will not get to experience this first-person mod for themselves. Still, it's neat to see in uh, the engrossing narrative from a few different perspectives. It also raises the question of how God of War's intense combat would feel in first person. Which um, I think that would be a, a little intense. Um, kind of like, uh, what was that? fucking um medieval game you were playing um kingdom, kingdom, come, deliverance. kingdom come deliverance i figure it would yeah. kind of be like that <laughs> i mean maybe at maybe at it's like best or worst really depending on how you look at it 
But I thought this is a very interesting mod to where it's just the first person. Obviously, you couldn't do it through the whole thing. But having that first-person combat would be really interesting in the whole God of War franchise. It would be nice to experience it from the first person. Um, just maybe a like a playthrough of it. Just you do a God of War from, like, like VR experience. game, you know? Cool. Maybe a God of War VR game out of that. Yeah, but make it more linear so you don't have to like have it twenty eight hours long because you know like a Vertigo. VR version of that makes yeah. the story a little bit more streamlined. Um, only well, because the VR version allows... of that twenty eight hours long is going to cost a lot. Is going to cause a lot of vertigo, a lot yes, of sickness. It will, especially when you got like shit flying at you and you're calling yeah. back the axe and all that stuff. I mean, for anybody who hasn't hasn't played the game or hasn't had um, any. Um, experience with the game i highly recommend watching it through just if you love you know greek and, and norse mythology watch this all the way through i highly recommend it there's a full playthrough on YouTube. <laughs> yeah you know the playstation vr now with barf bag <laughs> that's they 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 handed those out when they put out the iron man vr <laughs> <laughs> That came as an additional free accessory, sir. That takes a whole <laughs> new meaning to shoot to thrill. There's a whole new meaning to the word Jarvis. <laughs> well, I'll tell you somebody who else who gave a whole new meaning. That's the next story because one person in the U.S. Space Force, well, he's getting demoted <laughs> due to his search. Hold on, hold on. That's a real PS5. thing? He was serious? Yeah, no, he's serious. There is Space Force. So, so he wasn't just that wasn't a Saturday Night Live bit. No, no, there's. No, there's oh, that was that, that was real. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, no. This is a real thing. Okay, I thought I, apparently I totally thought that was apparently NBC this this list. member of Space Force felt about as serious as you do about it because he, I totally didn't think that was real. I thought he was kidding. He took this to a whole other level because it's no secret that the PlayStation Five is difficult to come by. If you haven't noticed. Especially this holiday season with all the little kitties chomping at the bit for it. Yes. Um, So it all, it seems, and it seems that retailers are doing things differently. Several lucky souls have managed to find uh, them sitting on the shelves at Walmarts and the like, while uh, the others are being told that while they can only purchase them online, it's very difficult to tell uh, what's in the what in this regard. So it's hopeful. Some players are hopeful uh, that they have found some on the store consoles. Now, this is the case for senior airman. Now airman first class, as he has been <coughs> late to his fitness improvement program or FIP because he was out oh, you searching. You can't miss PT. Nobody he was, can miss PT. <laughs> he was out searching targets for a PlayStation 5. If you miss PT, that means more PT. Scroll down. I think they have his whole, uh, yeah, his whole written uh, write-up slip here. Uh, he says that it it seems as though it wasn't his first time as to being late to FIP, but this was the straw that broke the camel's back. The letter of reprimand <laughs> details the events rather thoroughly showing that the airman even received a reminder text asking him if he'd be on time to FIP. In response to the text, the airman said, and I quote, I literally 
could not make this up. YOLO, comma, PS5, greater than symbol, letters of discipline, end quote. <laughs> he said, you're going to your need. <laughs> I want a PS5. <laughs> you're going to need Elon's rocket to lift up. He gave up, up. The Space Force for that. You're going to need Elon's rockets to lift up this man's balls, all right? Because, Jesus, <laughs> how big do your balls got to be before you're like, there, sir. oh, you want me to go to physical? You find Fuck me all you, you want. Discipline me all you want. I'm getting a PlayStation 5. And you can suck. Did he get the PlayStation 5? Was he successful? Well, this may or may not be true. He must have expected to be demoted for this stunt. Perhaps the worst part of all of this is that the odds are that the airman didn't even manage to get the PS5. So we don't know if he got it, it or not. It says if he had managed to get one, the story would have had at least a bright side. But it seems it's more, yeah. much more probable. That he's now Congratulations, you played yourself. Yeah. He's now an airman first class without a PS5. <laughs> Congratulations. Can you, you imagine getting demoted for not being able to obtain a PS5? Honey, why did you get you demoted? You write off a PS5, a PS5 now PS5. because of COVID as mental health awareness. So you God. can actually run off that hardware. So he actually has an argument. So the IRS are going to have a lot of fun that. next year. The IRS are going to have a lot of fun. Consult an accountant before applying Chris's tax strategy. The legal disclaimer there. It's a mental health uh, statement against his job. Then now, I'm going to be writing off grocery bills. because Now in 2021, I'm going to have to have a ticker at the bottom here so we could just shoot our disclaimer out at the bottom and we don't have to take time out of the podcast for that. Yeah. Disclaimer. What we just said is not true. Um... <laughs> One thing that is true, surprisingly, is this next story, because KFC launches a 4K 240 frames per second gaming console with a built-in chicken warmer. There's a That's video. That's all I wanted to know. Yeah, there's okay. a video down I'm below. Sold. Yeah. You now, can play games while having your chicken nuggies. We talked about the Bud Light console, which kept Did your beer cold. Did chicken nuggies? Now watch out, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. The KFC gaming console is real. It's called the KFC, uh, the KF console. It's essentially a VR-ready, high-end gaming PC. <laughs> and it comes with a built-in chicken warmer. Back in June. But does just... it come with biscuits? No, the biscuits are extra. But you can still warm them in the chicken warmer. It's not exclusively just for chicken. So, what games does it play? Anything. It's what? a it's a high end gaming PC. You could play fucking PUBG. You could play Cyberpunk on that shit, and you won't have any glitches. Now it turns out that KFC wasn't joking because back when uh, the PlayStation the PlayStation Five was revealed, they revealed this, but everybody thought that they were just kidding around. Turns out they were dead serious. KFC, the chicken place that is has teamed up with Cooler Masters <laughs> and launched a gaming console capable of 4K and 240 frames per second. The joint press release doesn't mention the price or release date. Please tell me I can get it in a drive-thru. 
a quick Google. I'll take a, a twelve piece and a, a gaming console, please. Yeah, I'll take the KFC oh, console. Diet Coke. A, a diet. 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 Make it two. You know what? Make it two 12-piece boxes. I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> Make it a diet. Now, I did do a quick my figure. I did a I did a quick Google search and it said that the console is going for around $2,000. That's not bad. That's about it. That's not bad for a, 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 PC. A, a yeah, a good and PC. That's not What bad. other PC comes with a chicken warmer? Come on. You can keep your chicken. Do you Don, see that Don on uh, your PC magazines? Yeah, fried chicken master race. That's can right. you say chicken grease in the in the circuits? All right, Frank. Look, fried chicken will unite us all. <laughs> the, game, the, the console is above the warmer. Just lo and behold, I want to see their cooling system in that man. You run a high end like AAA game in that where the. That everything's getting while real you're warm. warming chicken. The chicken's burnt. You can't play that game. <laughs> the maybe, fuck, man! I told you not to play Cyberpunk. Now my chicken's burnt, Dick. Maybe, maybe. I would like to know what the dimensions of this is. Matt, maybe About the, the size CPU of a chicken, like a crockpot. Warming. <laughs> it's about the size of crockpot. You know, nice crockpot. <laughs> So about the size of a like, little bit less of a Purdue chicken. Can you only heat up one chicken nugget at a time? Like, what are we talking about? Oh, no. I mean, that's at least big for two. Yeah, it'll take like, two hours, okay. so it's a full raid on World of Warcraft. It's at least big like enough. Like an air fryer size. It's at yeah. least big enough for two breasts, Giggity. One terabyte. Otherwise, what is the point of the console? I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to going to say it. But I'm not <laughs> I was waiting. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. No, I've done enough. <laughs> oh, man. But I've I contributed you. enough. I'm good. The chicken's it's like I sense a disturbance in the forces. <laughs> <laughs> disturbance in the chicken. Mm-mm. Baby Grogu will definitely be able to heat up a lot of chicken nuggies in this. But you know what? Chicken pot, chicken let's, pot, let's, chicken let's, pot. Let's, uh, heat, let's. Let's heat up the chicken and move on to the next story. Exactly. I just wonder why KFC would even want to make a console. Like, where's the where's did, the segue? I'd like they to don't know, have one of your Why segues. did Bud Light want to? Where has segue. this been my whole life? I'm putting you on the spot. Give me a segue that goes from KFC to console game. So John says, the harder you push your system, the better the chicken reheats. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Some good, you know. <laughs> called overclocking you went out yeah. you drove however long it takes you to get to get to a kfc you're now overclocking your your gaming fryer right right Overclock- i'll see myself out sorry <laughs> overclocking your console overclocking I think we just console. got the title of the podcast yeah yeah we're working on that that's going to be matched up with something but the next story is a culmination a mashup if you will of everything in 2020, because we're talking about the best games of 2020. And uh, we see here with a big shot of, of course, the man, Miles Morales. Uh, we're starting off the list, though, with this one, Animal Crossing New Horizons. This one's been big all year. We've had uh, AOC. We've had Biden. We've had political uh, pol- politicians, as well as everybody, hopping onto this game. Animal Crossing was a GameCube debut with a yes. huge cult, you know, cult following. And I never understood why. Then I played Stardew Valley, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, it's still a fun game. 
I still I still log in from time to time. John Walsh says about the KFC console, liquid cooling makes the desserts. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that. Soft serve. <laughs> and Frank Percy, chicken and beer and console playing go hand in hand, and they do. A lot like uh, you'd be playing uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons on that KFC chicken console, as well as this one, which is Fall Guys. Um, I haven't, I'm not very familiar with this one. I just kind of saw it as, you know, one of those, fuck, there was a, uh, Beast Wars, uh, Beast Stars, Beast Wars. There was a Steam game that was, like, very physics-based, and it was, like, you and a bunch of friends just kind of throwing each other into, like, dangerous ob- uh, objects and shit. Forget the name of it, but that kind of Fall Guys reminded me of that. Never played it, though, so I may be completely wrong, but that is apparently is one of the best games of the year. Um, going down on the list, Giggity, we have one that the old man, it's near and dear to his heart, Final Fantasy VI Remake. Oh, I'm sorry. No, wait. That wasn't good enough to no, get a remake. They did Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh. So, I did sorry. Say that Another disappointment year, this year. I did say that was my game of the year, though. You did. Last last Triforce, you did say it was your game of the year. Um, I've played the demo. I have not tiptoed into that game. Um, but I do, I, I have seen the gameplay footage and everything about it. Fantastic. Especially when you look at what the original game was with Final Fantasy VII and this remake just taking what they did revolutionarily with the Final Fantasy franchise with fifteen and applying that to seven, one that gamers everywhere love. You know, so, Final Fantasy so VII and eight are add to amazing. That, what brought that whole battle system into play was Kingdom Hearts. Because without Kingdom Hearts, you wouldn't have that battle system that kind of... Oh, in... You're cutting out. You're cutting into, out. Into, um, like, Final Fantasy thirteen and how that that kind of evolved, then fifteen and then then Final Fantasy seven Remake. Yeah. I mean, especially between, like, uh, what was it, uh, ten and ten two to fifteen they had to shift how they were doing it because by like 13, everybody was like, this is just kind of getting stagnant. Yeah. I mean, it like the, it it was like a hybrid turn-based battle system where you can control it, but it was still in time. Um, You just say, I want to attack. And then you just say, then you hit the button to cue the time when you wanted to attack. It It was, it was just a natural progression to step to 15. And then the Final Fantasy VII. And don't get me wrong, watching High Score with Big Brother recently on Netflix, realizing where RPGs came from and to where they are now, to where it was just, you know, read text adventures, to now, you know, Final Fantasy and, you know, Cyberpunk and everything that we have with RPGs. And to to think that the first Final Fantasy on Nintendo was originally going to be their last hurrah if it did not succeed yeah which is the reason why it was called final fantasy yeah and then they just created a whole genre because what even though the games were popular in japan didn't necessarily translate to the american market final fantasy was the first one that did and it you know it just brought out this whole genre in a western market which allowed the the company to succeed yeah, and uh, going down on the list again, we have 
Ghost of Tsushima, which hard to believe in everything that happened this year that we got, uh, I don't want to say fake uh, Tenshu, but it was kind of like Tenshu mixed with Dark Souls. I played this. Graphically I just started stunning. it like two weeks ago. And the game is really solid. It, and surprisingly so, we got a lot of really good like oh, AAA yeah. titles out of we this did. year. We did. Unfortunately. So, I'm still, you know, the jury's still out. If like the game is good, the mechanics are w- well done. Yeah. The gameplay is, is, is fluid. It's difficult. Um, it's not too hard. It's not too like I want to throw my controller at the screen, Dark Souls ish. Yes. Because. But it's still difficult to keep you wanting to play more because you make stupid mistakes when you're yeah, battling someone. Yeah, I don't feel like spending someone. $300 to repair my monitor either. Yeah. But when, when I was playing it, I noticed, like, all right, I make stupid mistakes while I'm playing, but it's not enough to throw the controller down, but it's enough to make me want to go back to that guy and show him who's fucking boss. I killed you. I am the Master Samurai. And that's how I proved it. But I loved that one just in that aspect of to where it blended stuff that you knew, but it still took it in a different direction that was really enthralling, especially the fact that you could beat the game with just, you know, uh, playing that first boss perfectly to where you don't have any of your power-ups. Literally, the first boss and the last boss is the person that you're going to be battling, and you have that availability to literally beat the game within the first couple minutes that you're playing in, which is on YouTube. Talk yeah, about you could do that. Run. You could do that in in um, Far Cry Four. That's a <laughs> that's an amazing speed run without cheat codes at all. Like they yeah, did with you like can just Fallout sit there and 3. do it. But you have to sit there for like 20 minutes and just stare at Nim, and he would then be like. <laughs> Okay, go. And then the game's over. <laughs> so it's, a, it's an amazing thing to see. Yeah. There are like little Easter eggs like that are like kind of unique. I love when they do that stuff. 100%. Scrolling down again. Uh, we have Hades. To try this. I have too, man. There's been a lot of press on this one. <laughs> and it's that classic kind of Diablo top down rim spinning. Um, play that you like the only well, honestly so like still like the only thing that would hold me up is is it turn-based top-down view yeah is it turn-based that's what holds me up is it, if it's turn-based i'm not gonna play it honestly i'm just being honest but i don't i can still turn respect it you know um there's a lot of top-down games that i really like like how to survive how to survive is great top-down and third person they put that out but it still didn't really hit like the top-down did you know, um, XCOM, another one, top-down. Even though it was turn-based, it was still very well done. And there's a lot of those <laughs> games, like even I said, Diablo, to where you can really get into the game and still have a lot of a lot of the stuff that just keeps you in it, you know? And Diablo, it was, it was loot. It was a lot of baddies around you and just mashing up. And, you know, Hades, it may be something to where... You know, I'm gonna fall in love with like Diablo, but that is definitely one that's still on my list. Like Disco Elysium of last year, they're titles that I want to keep going back to, and I want to really go back and enjoy. But that was our last story for the official 
News of the Triforce podcast. So that brings us back to our main website page. Oh no, there was a there's more Half Life Alex. Um, that came out this year. The VR, <coughs> the like half the uh, Half Life two point five. That nobody thought there was going to be a Half Life three. There still might never be a Half Life three, but this is the closest thing that you're going to get to it. To where people were still kind of off on the mechanics of like walking around, but that general yeah. gameplay they loved, especially like looking at their hands, which is the most fun you've Who had. Who doesn't love staring at their hands for this game, hours at a time? This game made you have more Sounds fun looking at your hands than taking peyote, all right? And it still worked. <laughs> I got hearts on sure. my hands, man. It's really cool. Like, all right, Junior, move along. Um, Gears Tactics was good. Jo- Joe Walsh. I'm just going to keep calling him Joe Walsh. Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> Old Man. You're, I'm surprised you didn't pick this as your game of the year. It would have been better if it was, you know, Final if, Fantasy if it Six. didn't follow the first story. I'll oh, say that right, again. Right. So, you know, it's Final Fantasy Seven Remake was my game of the year. Yeah. This was a good story. Don't get me wrong. But was it the retroness of <laughs> Final Fantasy VII that made that your? Uh, was it that that touch to your childhood of Final Fantasy VII that really kind of made that your game of the year, or is it just? It made it the game of the year because it it changed enough of the tiny details of the story to, to make it its own. So yeah. that's where I, I I go into that. Whereas Last of Us Two. If that was the first one that came out and the first one was the second, then I would have said, yeah, that will be my game of the year because the story was um, more heartfelt on the first one. I played through the first one 12 times, front front to back on all difficulty levels and beat it. So he played it in front of one. He was like, oh, I'll start it over. And he played it in front of me. The, the second one, I've only played it twice. So that tells you, like, the replayability and, like, the, the value of the story. Well, I mean, it just came out. And you have kids. Yeah, so but... You got a I, lot to do. I, I, I if you played Last of Us 2 15 times by now, I'd be worried about you. Like, Chris, <laughs> you have kids, man. You can't keep playing Last of Us 2. No wonder your wife's... You don't understand! It's a really great game! Like, Chris, calm down, man. Look, I understand that, but you gotta do something else. Anything, man. Just, we're worried about you. That's how that conversation would go. Um, Scroll down. Is there any more than that? Uh, Miles Morales, like they had at the top of the page. Um, One game that I didn't get to play, um, but... It's Spider-Man 1 and a half, and I think with Spider-Man 2, we're probably going to have both of those main protagonists, Peter Parker and Miles Morales, in that. And I that's will say, be more. by starting this game just recently, um, one of the trials that you do to play, um, it's kind of like a hologram trial. The, he, like, so the original, the original, like Peter Parker's trying to teach Miles how to like be do things more effectively. Uh, and what was that Metal Gear the that five did that? rules of dodgeball. What was the Metal Gear that did that? It was Metal Gear. You were ta- no. It was um, Peace Walker. No, it was it was all VR. It Metal was, Gear McDonald's. Oh, substance. substance, yes, and it was all the VR training with the ninja. Yeah, it was Gray Fox. There you go. 
memory's not what he used to. But, but yes, yeah. uh, in in one of the You're trial like training missions that you do, that Peter's you know trying to teach you, he quotes the five rules of dodgeball from the movie. You could dodge a wrench. You could dodge a ball. Yep. That. <laughs> Does he throw a wrench though? Because if he doesn't throw a wrench, it just ruins the whole thing. No, he doesn't. Because Ripcorn was not available. Well, He's on dead. that on that bombshell, it was probably not related. Up to next his... is Star Wars Squadrons. Oh my Bye. God! There's more. Yes, there's more. Jesus. Star Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah, you got five minutes left for me. I saw I saw Star Wars Squadrons. I saw Joe playing this, and it just reminded me a lot of Star Citizen, but just Star Wars. So that was another good one. Um, and that's the end of the list. We'll start off here, our end segment, best perjanger moments for your year. Tom Cruise is Wonder Woman. <laughs> Honestly, I can't, I can't argue with you on that or the cackle of Kelly's because the, the cackle of Kelly reveal for me. <laughs> but I'm taking my, my my number two moment would be the shirt reveal. Yes, but no, I'm taking Perjanger in the true literal sense and definition that we made this year, which is one uh, on your line of thought. That would be my Perjanger moment of the year is what we defined it as is a Perjanger is someone who is infatuated with nerdy and geek culture. So being as that we're infatuated with nerdy and geek culture, what was the biggest Thing this year for nerdy and geek cultureness to you because like i said in the beginning of this podcast when we were talking about the mandalorian i'm just going to go out on the line and saying that my biggest moment of nerdy and geek culture this year due to the lack of marvel was luke skywalker appearing on the screen in front of me again for the first time looking Since like he did him. in return of the jedi you know from when i was a kid it took me right back to childhood. I, I could imagine sitting in my old house blocks away in the living room watching this on repeat, all three of those movies over and over again, and seeing Luke with the green lightsaber, Billy Badass, mowing people down like in Rogue One, like his dad in the hallway. It was the ultimate scene. It was the ultimate just nerdy you know, season to just accentuate what they did in the first and build on it. That's ultimately my massive nerdy moment of this year is Mandalorian season two season finale. And that's where I'm putting that at. So where are you going with it, old man? Um, There was a lot to happen this year. We got a really good Sonic this year. It was this year. Fuck. Yeah, we had with that was in February, and and Connor quotes that movie all the time because like the 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 moment like Connor, <coughs> I'm cold, I'm wet. Oh, he's upset now. Oh. Okay, because he didn't finish it. <laughs> okay, but Sonic, yeah. If he wasn't so we had grumpy, a good Sonic yeah. th- this year, um, and then with the unfortunate thing of all like all movies going virtual to like direct VOD on demand, you know we had. Yeah, I mean the Witcher's the Witcher Two was still good. That was uh, last year. It was last year, but like people that watched it, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, the Boys Two was good. Oh fuck, man! The Boys season two that was this year that was really good as well. 
Yep. Uh, I, did did the expanse end this year? No, they're no, they're, they're continuing. Chugging along. Okay, so the, the so season six did come the, starting this year. They're up to episode five. We can't five. say it's a great season because it's not finished yet. Yeah, it's good so far. It's good so far. Yeah, it's, it's going fantastic. well, but they could drop off and. Yeah, yeah, and you know and what would make that course, you know what would make that show better if they got rid of the damn Creole. Not a I don't want any Creole. He wants get the marbles out of your freaking mouth and talk, would you please? Honestly, Trump had pivotal moments in gaming. Trump would have gotten a vote out of him if he said he was building a wall around the state of Louisiana. In at least just the Creole portion, so. <laughs> uh, what where are you going with as your definitive nerdy moment? It it is a, it, it you is have to piece, pick one. It you is can't have them all. Loop for me, it's still <laughs> Skywalker Mandalorian. Okay. Um, even with all that stuff, this is like yeah. we had Last of Us Two, we had Ghost yeah. of Tsushima, we had Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like yes. all those games dropped, all the all that content dropped, and it's still going to be Star Wars and Luke Skywalker for me. Because yeah. that brought me back right to me at like eight, nine years old. Yeah. Watching that movie, you know, and I had the videos like the VCR tapes, you know, and I outplayed that movie to the point where Look, it broke my VCR. That moment did the Michael Tack, Michael Jackson touch to your inner child. Okay. It really just completely touched you down to the soul <laughs> and really sold home. <laughs> so, Kat, what's your moment? You have a big a big choice here. I do, I do. Um, and first, I just need to say that this was a hallmark year, I think, for women in action. Mm-hmm. We had Fennec, we had Dune, we yeah. had Bo-Katan, we had Ahsoka, um, we had Sasha Banks, and girls get it done. You know, and and in Star Trek, and and um, of course, Wonder Woman. You even have in the all boys. Even strong, in the boys, you had a strong female women, presence. and it's it's not like that forcing contrived one that's that feels like fan service. Um, I would absolutely watch a show called Fennec and Dune all day. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I don't want to say Luke Skywalker just because two of you have already said that. Although I have to, <laughs> I have to yeah. agree. That yeah. was a moment that I don't think anyone was expecting. I was thinking maybe Ezra or yeah. a, post, a Force Ghost or maybe a new character. Yeah. I was yeah. not. Never, uh-uh. never did it occur to me that it would be Luke. Uh-huh. And even seeing the lightsaber in the glove, it still did not, like, I'm like, no, it can't no. be. But when the, when it came off and yeah, you can't not have been emotional when you saw that. 100%. Um, but because, like I said, two out of the three of you put that aside. And I have to say, this is really tough for me because I want to pick a lot of these strong women moments. We had the end of Clone Wars. Yes. And I remember oh, that last God. episode sitting there for like 20 minutes and just freaking absorbing what had happened. That's crazy you mentioned that because we got the end of the Clone Wars season seven, and right. then we also got live action Ahsoka Tano this Ahsoka. year. This was and, completely you know, her year. If you watched Clone Wars and you see it all the way to the end, yeah. and after Order sixty six and everything that happens, and then there she is in the flesh in front yeah. of you. That was pretty powerful. Um, she made but it past the reign of the to empire too. Take the obvious route and say Wonder Woman eighty four. Yeah. Um, I never get tired of seeing her. I never get tired of falling back in love with her. Um, and getting to see Linda Carter at the end. Yeah. There, 
like I'm getting emotional just even talking about yeah. it. This is like since I was seven years old, I have loved this character. Yeah. And getting to see her and being proud of how I'm getting to see her is, is pretty tough to top for me. So I'm going to have to go with that. But uh Absolutely. Just just slide just slide in past Luke there. Let's yeah. not forget they released the Yoda sex tape. And we all knew it was fake. It was a Wookiee with a Yoda mask. <laughs> we know, but, you know, the council would say nothing about it. That was his only fans. Don't judge. <laughs> Frank Percy says, okay, guys, got to go. Dinner is waiting. Uh, Thank you for joining us, Frank. Yes. Great. Have a great new year. I'll see you outside the comic Have book shop great... with tacos. Hoping 2021 will be better. See all of you on the other side. And we always we thank you for joining, you Frank. We will see you on the other side here at PJANDWH.com. Where you're going to find all the funniest moments from this podcast as well as others. And, of course, we want to end off this year by thanking the monumentous support from our Purjangers and Wallhangers community, which is we want to thank Mark Gervais, Frank Percy, William Onstetter, John Walsh, Colin Cochran, James Phillips, Amanda Miller, J-Boy McNeil, Matthew Kennedy, Teddy Schools, Katarina Thermoscarica, Christopher Bristow, Kelly Collins, Stephen Bucarell, Link Diablo Bucarell, the hero of time. I want to thank all of you, loyal Walljangers, for being part of this moment, being part of this merry send-off to 2020 and giving it the big middle finger and the big promise that 2021 is going to be so much better. We have a it lot of nerdy stuff in gear. content. We'll see good things to come. We have a lot of stuff in the oven, a lot of great nerdy content for you all jangers, and we're going to be coming out with more stuff. Just like this I year, we came out with out per- crazy outside time. We He's already out there, <laughs> but we this year we brought you Let's Play With Your Perjangers as well as Perjanger Theater. We brought you Lug Nuts. We brought you Triforce. We brought you Spoiler Alert and the new Spoiler Alert Classics. We're going to bring you a whole lot more content this year in 2021. I'm saying this preemptively, even though we're still in 2020. But a few hours. We still got a few hours to go. But the main thing is that this is a long, drawn out goodbye, of course. I am Matthew Bucarell, the Matt Man. In the box is one Christopher Bristow, the old man. And popping up when she says her voice is the wonderful and powerful Katarina Thermoscara. Wonderful woman! <laughs> and, of course, our omnipotent presence that is Big Brother, Stephen Bucarell. Our mascot hero of time, now and forever, Link Diablo Bucarell. And, as always... We love you. We miss you. We want to see you next year. And as always, Wall Jangers, game on, boys and girls. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. How do you get all those stains out? They're rolling in alleys and, and tumbling and things. How are you, you going to wash that out? But did they put the boba before the horse? Don't do the twisted G virus, virus vaccine. Okay? Corona cannot be cured by twisted G. Henry, you want to be on? Give us a call. Love to have you. He's never. Yes, we would. (laughs) (laughs) Katarina approved. (laughs) We're doing it live. Play on the tangers. That was a good segue. Welcome. Tonight. (laughs) A Jedi's Blessing. 
Qui-Gon Zeus, first-person Kratos, chicken-warming console, and more on the Triforce Podcast. Yes. Oh, man. Hang on. You can't. Let me move this back carefully and show you my awesome T-shirt because that one's cool. But watch this stuff. That that's awesome. Words of wisdom. <laughs> and what more? What's more perfect is that I was watching Comic Book Men, and it was the episode. It was the very first episode I watched today, this morning. And it was all the gang w- wanted to dress up like uh, Chewbacca and uh, what's his name? Uh, Ron Paul or Ron Perlman. The, the guy, they're, they're, you know, their guy who my buddy knows this. Their buddy comes down and he's like, actually, I know Peter Mayhew. We're going to a Comic-Con so he could come down and judge this. And I was just like, oh, my God, I have to, it's a sign. I have to wear my Chewbacca shirt that I just got for Christmas. I've been wearing my Marvel shirt for the past couple of days. And I was like, you yeah, know what? Robert Chewbacca Bruce, Robert Bruce was, was who they know. Yes, Robert Bruce. Man. Rob Bruce. Rob Bruce. You know what? Rob yeah, Bruce would probably know that. I know, know, about I know this. Rob Bruce. We, he, he, can, he, can, he can evaluate this. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, I've watched that show and, 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 uh, um, and listen to uh, TESD for like forever. The TESD mm-hmm. podcast. So that's, yeah. I got to tell you, man, watch. after watching that, I was like, you know what? Maybe I, maybe I should start wa- listening to Tell Him Steve Dave because that's uh, Brian Johnson, Walt Flanagan. Brian Johnson, Walt Flanagan, and Brian Quinn. From Brian Quinn Practical from Jokers. Practical Jokers. That's what, yeah, I saw that episode and I was like, those guys would be perfect on the podcast. Which they were doing the podcast before they did to Comic Book Men, yeah. And they, but the but they couldn't get right around the time that Comic Book Men was you know or, well right around the time that they were in talks to do the podcast. Yeah. Brian Quinn hit on Impractical Jokers, so they couldn't add him into the podcast because of contractual oh, agreements. No, no, they couldn't add him into Comic Book comic book men due to contractual agreements because originally <laughs> quinn was supposed to be on comic book men but quinn hit you know that was a different network though true versus amc yeah and you would think like ah they probably know each other no they didn't like each other they're like no you can't do that no well so there is an episode of impractical jokers that has brian johnson and in there, like behind a fake false mirror of like one of those, one of those um, challenges that you have to do, yeah. And it's him, Brian Johnson. Just the, the the curtain goes up, and Brian Johnson's like topless, just tweaking his nipples. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and he's trying to make Quinn break, which you know BQ does. <laughs> oh, of course because it's ryan johnson yeah but you'll you'll also see um bq wear tell him steve dave merch in impractical jokers and the, he did wear 
the one shirt of Brian Johnson, like holding up and, you know, being arraigned and mm-hmm. being arrested because he was actually legitimately arrested. And he's like, Brian Johnson was so like, I. I have that photo. And then they made it a shirt. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know if I would want my mug shot as a shirt. I would definitely want the mug shot that Big Brother took of me in when they were making uh, our parents' house. He, we, I stood up against the wall, and he was like, hey, stand up over there. This is going to be your mug shot. <laughs> and it hung on the fridge for fucking years. <laughs> so when are we, we going to start hitting that Portuguese market? <laughs> Look, right now we have my mom <laughs> Look, we just need you and your mom To go through every podcast And do a Portuguese dub We'll be great, a big hit in A Brazil. huge Portuguese dub And you guys could have fun with the voices To where you could Your mom could do my voice like really deep and low And she could make it sound like that Stereotypical man voice oh, boop, boop. And then you could just will, have complete um, fun with that let my mother know that we would like to hire her services. And then we could just have a complete Triforce podcast Portuguese dub. And we will zoom to the top of the Portuguese podcast market. All five of our listeners. <laughs> they will enjoy it. <laughs> more than five. Probably less than seven, but definitely more than five. We do get a bunch of overseas views. Yeah, we do. And um, also, well, not views on anything here on, like, Facebook or, you know, YouTube. On our OnlyFans page? OnlyFans is popping. OnlyFans is popping. You're not going to get any one punches from Connor. He passed out right now. Oh, already? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. What? A... You said pass, and I was like, what? And then out. And like, it's oh. odd that you let your son start drinking so early. Honestly, yeah. You should really just... <laughs> <laughs> little psych like that, he'd never be able to hold Little his sips, man. Little sips. He's not able to hold his liquor that well. Uh, well, Jameson for the win. <laughs> Is that what you No, no. Twisted tea for the win. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was looking at the internet like, what the fuck is going on with Twisted Tea right now? And then I saw, oh, it was that fucking racist video i just kind of scrolled past and i was like eh, good for you." and buddy. that's exactly what i did too i saw it like i saw the headline i'm like i don't want to watch this because it's just gonna upset me yeah <laughs> just, whatever i'm gonna ignore it yeah. and then all of a sudden the memes started coming i'm like okay maybe i should watch it just so that i can get the context here the memes yeah yeah and uh let me tell you what happened fits to literally every song known to mankind you can put it to <laughs> Especially and I think I have seen it memed on everything, including Polka. Let the body. We will rock you by Queen is the perfect one because all you hear is. They had it to Dave Matthews Band. They oh, had it to Bruno Martin. Mars. They like. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. Dave Matthews Band, especially. Jesus. Um, yeah. I just I couldn't believe that we started off with Corona and we end off with Twisted Tea. Yeah. Ooh. I have a Yoda. Do you want to see my Yoda? Oh, my God. I have a Grogu. Do you want to see my Grogu? Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. One moment, please. Certainly. I'm, I'm going to turn off the camera. Please hold. This is the way. Matt, look at my cup. This is the way. God damn it. Mm. Although my dad gave me perfect for when we get you guys back in here live in studio but we have actual like 12 ounce 
beer mug glasses. <laughs> I have it over there because it's just nice. way too cumbersome for the podcast. But we do have actual mug glasses, you know, man show style. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it was just an overall great holiday season, especially since I got I – w- I've been wearing it every single morning, my Batman bathrobe that Big Brother got me, full on <laughs> with the pointy ears on the hood. It has right. a stitched-in Batman insignia. The pointy insignia. ears are the only reason why I bought it. And a stitched-in Batman insignia. It's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Like – Ah, Grogu, my main man. That's cool. The force is loud with this one. <laughs> yeah, pretty loud. He comes with a bracelet, but I need batteries um, so that I can control him, remote control him like he's on little. Batteries not included. Fantastic, fantastic. It he also will come came with a lithograph. Oh, man. Nice. I oh, love that. That picture's awesome. I love that. <laughs> I would get that framed. Like the Vigo that he got me. Fantastic. I got to I gotta find he a place Vigo. to frame that. Vigo the, the Destroyer. The best part of that is the scene, that, the scene where Bill Murray's like, give me anger, give me rage. I've had better. When he was I've taking pictures of I've him. also had worse. <laughs> <laughs> I love those movies so wholeheartedly. We'll have to. I was we'll a Ghostbuster. To, we got to do. We'll have to do a Ghostbuster. Love we it, have love to it, do Ghostbusters. Yes, we have to. We're going to be doing a Ghostbusters spoiler alert. It's such a. Those are such timeless movies, and it's just something that touches your heart. You know. That was a good one, huh? Yes, it was. It was well deserved. One for the record books. Play on my tiny. I just want to say that I am proud of my overclucking comment. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to get all sentimental there and be like, I'm so proud that I met you guys during such a horrible year. No, I'm so proud of my overclucking comment. Listen, it's always like six hours later, like, man, I should have said this. I said it in the moment. I'm proud of myself. You know how you did great. Yeah, you did great. There was a lot of great moments this week, man. I knew this was going to be an epic podcast, especially if we let it breathe last week. I had to say it at least once this year. Yeah, once. Yeah, you you said ruminate. Let it breathe, breathe, breathe. We just we, have to have somebody. That, so I want somebody like full on beautiful orchestra singing. Let it breathe. All right. So a little, <laughs> little, uh, little. Uh, and I want that as a button that I can hit instead of you saying, and then you just give me like a wink and then I'll hit the button and then it'll be just the orchestra. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. I'll and just, just going like all that. along. Yeah. You can pirouette. Um, I don't so, care. So Frank. Uh, so I talked to Mark. <laughs> and, you know, because I stopped at the store, he's doing better. Um, he is going to reach out to Frank Percy because, I, you know, I threw out the idea of him doing a comic book art style for Jangers and Wall Hangers, like, montage. I would love that. So he's going to talk to Frank. Um, oh. And I said, you know, whatever it is, you know, we'll work it out. We will. 
I will give um, my. I will Mark sell whatever organ I need to. Yeah, I'll sell whatever oh, organ I need nice. to, man. That's yeah, great. It's nice. I mean, Frank's a good guy too. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as we've seen from the podcast today and all the comments, he's just fantastic. At, you know, in the whole video, he's great. I I love everybody. You know, I love the the chatting between everybody. It's awesome. This is an honestly, it's a great start to a third year of Projangers and Wall Hangers, and I think yeah, this is going to be an epic one. I know we said it last year. We didn't know a little round beach ball virus uh, was going to stick to us like this, but we still brought out as much as we could. We got Cat <laughs> out of 2020. That's honestly the biggest win of the bunch. We got Cat. We have Wonder Cat, and she is a That's huge so addition. You to this podcast you're the you're one of the greater additions like when old man came to me to do a podcast it was me and him doing the car ride and then of course steve it's his house he was in the background eventually he came around the first thing i said is you want to call it what yeah (laughs) but it ended up meaning something really beautiful it did but then what before we went to our live first live podcast old man said hey i got a buddy who he's you know videographer he's really into the podcast he likes what we're doing he wants to be a part of it his name is kelly collins and that was the first time where after we did you know the triforce of comic universe and we were cleaning out the closet i saw where this was going and that's really where the triforce was born is that it's that's where projangers we got the definition of, of you know of everything that we became this year is including and we wonderful to those baselines of nothing nothing negative all positive yeah and those are the uh, 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 personalities we attract and like you like Kelly you know like all the Amy and all the people that we've had on the podcast Teddy and Dan and everybody throughout and throughout all of this that's what really makes projangers and wallhangers what it is is the people now because it wouldn't be anything without you yeah because we're a family Mm -hmm. projanger family to where the host that really needs to pee sounds like we need to have a uh, (laughs) olive garden tribute i don't know do they pay for that is is that a sponsor i like olive garden it's great stuff unlimited breadsticks and salad and soup and stuff all right that's a you know, and there. I don't like their breadsticks, but I love their chicken scampi. We're gonna end it. Join us on the Happy New Year, everybody! <laughs> Super crazy outside time! Yeah. And now we're gonna end it. Oh God! End it. Oh God! And I'm spent. Yes. Same it year. is definitely a merry, merry Perjangers New Year. Bye. <laughs>